Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Craig Collins filling in. Uh, our television partner, Wish uh, TV, has been reporting for a bit, and actually so is our own newsroom, about a couple things that involve surveillance in schools. First, I think there was a bill last month about special needs kids and special needs educators and making sure that surveillance is done because there were accusations of mistreatment of children by teachers in special needs schools. Then after, of course, uh, the very, very talk much talked about death of a student, uh, Lake and Riley, uh, not in Indiana, of course, in Georgia. Uh, Indiana colleges are now talking about adding surveillance equipment, cameras, etc., to make their campuses safer. All of these conversations made me think of a buddy of mine who has recently started up, I think over the last couple of years, an organization called TAMRA, Threat Assist Assessment Mitigation and Response Association. His name is Jonathan Jurgens. The website is tamra.us. It is all about the amount of technology that is available in our society to prevent all of the things that we see from the small to the big in the world of risk to both you and your property. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. What is your reaction to Indiana colleges starting to evaluate more technology? Uh, good morning, Craig. So um, I'll start off by saying, obviously, this is something that I support. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, one of the things that uh, your one word that you use specifically, uh, the word evaluate, is something that in the process of all of this really needs to, to be used a lot more. Uh, a lot of times people go out with this idea that, hey, uh, we're going to go buy some cameras and uh, we're going to be great. Well, man, I live the camera life every day. I live the surveillance life every day. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand is there's vast differences in technology across just the camera spectrum, let alone the fact that, like, when you're referring to the uh, the Lakin, the story of that, that Lakin girl, um, yes. you know, the, the thing that does exist is uh, is a, a voice detection technology that can, can detect aggression. And that can actually can differentiate between yelling in a happy tone and yelling in an angry tone and when it's serious sure. and when it's not serious. So wow. these are all things that, that – you know, when people want to go out there and, and put a good system together to protect people, they need to be talking to experts. And by experts, I don't mean, um, you know, large companies. I mean, people that really know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. People that, uh, you know, you're not trying to pat yourself on the back, but create organizations like yours where it's a bunch of different companies. I know you guys have a, a conference that you do every year uh, coming up in a few months in Peoria, Illinois, where you demonstrate all this technology. Here's the real reason I thought of you when I was reading through the story about college campuses, though. It, this is one of the examples that the police used for why the um, equipment they're buying and, and incorporating into the school is good. They said that it's simple license plate reading cameras. And that if someone drives onto that campus with a warrant, the technology will immediately inform the police that there's a person on campus who has an existing warrant 
they can go track down that vehicle and uh, talk to that person and see if that's someone that they need to remove from campus. That's one simple example. But at your uh, conference, I saw all kinds of technology that can detect a gun, can detect all kinds of things, lock doors, do an insane amount of stuff. So if you don't mind giving me a little more context into the technology that's available, that if investment um, uh, became less of a debate point for people, we can fix or, or attempt to fix a lot of the issues we see in our society of danger uh, through implementing the correct use of this technology. Yeah, so implementation needs to advance about the same degree the technology itself is advancing. And one of the things that uh, you mentioned with the police saying that, hey, we have this license plate camera, this is where I, where I, what I was referring to when I first came on your show is we, we have these cameras going up everywhere around here in our own community called block cameras, and they're great. They're a great tool for the police departments, but the thing that, that they don't understand is that is literally only using one analytic to detect one thing. So if the person doesn't have a license plate using a different car and they still have a warrant, is it going to do you any good? Probably not. Right. No. But if you implement the same license plate reader analytic on a normal surveillance camera, it will still do the job of a license plate analytic technology uh, camera, but it'll also allow you the opportunity to put weapons detection in, slip and fall detection in. These are all things that we can integrate with other systems as well as provide alerts and direct notification to police departments to let them know that a, a danger is present or somebody is injured and you need to be here. Yeah. Uh, tell me if you were given access to a school system what is the first thing that you're telling people that they need to incorporate, that they need to do uh, to protect the school from the, the viral incidents, the, the horrific incidents that we talk about? I know a lot of violence is not actually a mass shooting. A lot of violence is much more uh, a small group of people where someone is, is hurting someone else or, you know, uh, gunfire takes place between a, a group of people having a dispute, I think is what they said after the uh, football, the Super Bowl parade. But what is the first thing that you say these schools to help them understand what is out there and what they're missing? So to be honest, I, I start off with the uh, the concept that, that like my camera organizations, not just consisting of, of my companies, the design solutions and people in electronics. I'm actually currently talking to a company called Infinite Systems who does drone security even. Um, we wow. suggest very, very first and foremost that you start this protection at the property line as far out as you can possibly control the, the situation as far out as you can see, as far out as you can lock things down. If you can put it at the property line, that's the answer. And we don't necessarily recommend technology to start. We could say, hey, look, put some bushes out here so that you draw a distinct line between where public space is and where your private space is and try to make sure that your drive lanes are not straight. Those have nothing to do yeah. with technology. Then once we move into the technology sphere, all right, let's use the right cameras to guard that entire border, and let's use video analytic technology to start establishing where people are safe and where they need to be seen and where you could possibly sneak some firearms in. Then once you get to the building, let's talk about access control, and we just layer it all the way through the building from the outside to the yeah. inside. And it's very non-invasive. It doesn't look like it's a prison, um, and it functions quite well. We even have a partner that does uh, like laminate for safety film. If you shoot through sure. it, you still can't barge through the glass. These are all yeah. things that um, we can do to keep people safe. 
pretty easily. We only got like one minute till I have to get to traffic, but I want to ask you one more question and quickly, uh, if you can answer it. Uh, it's all about delaying uh, the harm. Uh, I know you've told me that a bunch of times. If a system is in place that can stop someone for 10, 15, 20 minutes before they are capable of committing harm, that's the amount of time uh, police usually need to respond to something, right? Right. Yep. So if you detect it quickly and, and can provide resistance so that uh, a threat cannot continue to advance upon innocent people and allow the police officers to get there in a timely fashion. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some times where police are already there, but sometimes the system itself breaks down. There's training and stuff like that that some of my partners in the law enforcement agencies are working on to try to increase the, the responsiveness and standardize the training so that everybody knows what they're doing. I, I kind of have you involved with something moving up here pretty soon. And yeah, I'm, sure I know. It sounds I'm excited about that. I'm going to take place in a, a police training thing where I got to be a bad guy or an innocent civilian. I got to let you go. We got to get to traffic. Thank you so much, right, Jonathan Jurgens, with Tamra Threat Assessment Mitigation and Response Association, Tamra.us, a great conference where they show off a lot of the newest technology every year in about September or so in Peoria, Illinois. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, Matt and Carl hanging out as they do every single morning on this show. Uh, some things that I saw out there that I, I really, really enjoy. Uh, the first one is that Gen Z does not understand how to do taxes. Uh, I've seen this story before, but it feels like it pops up around this time every single year right now. Uh, only 44% of them say they understand the tax filing process even a little bit. And a whole lot of people believe they're uh, doing it wrong. Probably not a good start to your tax filing uh, life if you're uh, likely to be opening up some, some uh, you know, opportunities to get in trouble with the IRS. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I think you can just learn this on your own. I, nobody like sat me down and walked me through how to do taxes. I just started doing them. And it, it seems like the confusion or the roadblock here is that Gen Z is expecting someone to sit them down and teach them how to do their taxes. I don't know if that's what you guys think, Matt. I don't know if you were sat down by somebody and taught how to do taxes at some point in your life. No, nobody knows how to do taxes. That's pretty much <laughs> the thing. And uh, according to this, a quarter of the population is about to get audited right now. Um, I'm thinking it's a situation. I, listen, I, these, yeah, I had to teach myself. I, I taught myself uh, through TurboTax for the most part. And right. That's what I use. We're not affiliated. Yep. But it's. It, I mean, who understands the tax code? It's designed so we don't understand it, right? And to say Gen Z has more of a problem with this than me as a millennial Xer, I, I, I don't. I'm not mad at them about that. I guess because no. it's really. I don't get it as much as I probably should for a middle-aged man. I'm, I'm going to yeah. confess that. No. Now, I don't have any problems with taxes, but, you know, that right. doesn't mean I haven't or that doesn't mean I will or miss something because I like to do them on my own because I, I'm a regular guy who lives paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. Yeah. And, and I want to find the most affordable option to do this. I mean, you're already, well, I, in the case of paying, you're already paying the taxes. Right. The last thing you want to do is pay another $200 for an accountant. Yeah, no. And I know I sound cheap, and this is not a place to be cheap, <laughs> But I am. 
<laughs> Uncle Sam is greedy. Uh, I, I definitely yeah. understand that. I definitely feel that myself all the time. And I, I always say this on the radio when I talk about this, because I'm always worried someone's going to audit me because it's something I said on the radio. I always miss deductions on purpose. There's stuff where I'm like, I don't know if they're going to challenge me for this. I'll just let this, you know, be a thing uh, that I lose some money on. I feel like that's safer because when the IRS looks over my stuff and they realize I could have saved some more money, even if I made a few mistakes, they're like, we'll leave him alone. And we're not going to ask him questions because eventually he's going to have to or we're going to get we're going to have to give him more money back. So that's that's my like defense of the whole thing is that I leave some money on the table intentionally, which sounds very dumb, but I feel like I'm paying the mob to stay away from me. I that's don't think it I sounds feel. dumb at all. I, I think it's what you have to do with something that's so convoluted, so hard right. to understand. Right. And just like I said, not made for us to understand. I think that's very Correct. wise. And for somebody who has real, for somebody who has real investments that of course get an accountant. I mean, I'm just saying, right. you know, for somebody like me who I, I don't have a house in Meridian Hills. I mean, I don't, have a boat on Geist Lake no? here in Indianapolis, so I, I don't need an accountant, and, and I'm fine with that. But for somebody with more investments, yeah, they'll tell you, go get an accountant. Of course you do that. Um, another story that I love out there a lot, I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, they did a study on how long an American worker can pay attention during a meeting. Like, what's the maximum amount of time before you cannot do it anymore? And apparently the answer is 27 minutes. For a lot of us, it's probably way shorter than that. But the absolute most amount of time that you can be locked in or any kind of meeting at work is just under a half an hour. After that, you are toast. You are gone. You want it to be over. It absolutely sounds true to a lot of us, mostly because a lot of meetings at work feel like they could have been sent via an email. Uh, but do you have a reaction to this one, Matt? Yeah, I have one meeting I do, and I really like it. It's every week, and it's for, uh, you know, I, I work with some really creative people, and that's that's an excellent meeting. And before that, nice. I, I haven't really ever been in meetings where I thought that I had to be there, and that's maybe <laughs> just a me thing. But um, sure. a lot of times, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was in my early 20s, and we'd have a meeting every Monday morning, a sales meeting, and it just seemed oh, like yeah. a time for the people with a little more experience, a little bit more time under their belt, you know, making a little bit more money just talk about themselves yeah. i mean they talk about their shoes and what they did that weekend and damn it 20 minutes in we still hadn't done anything and those are the kind of meetings i you know we could do without i mean we don't oh, yeah. need all this at least that's Man, the way i feel about it you know i didn't know we both did sales at one point in our life did you do sales while you were doing like uh radio uh as like the way to actually make money early on in the radio career i i did um i was also selling debt consolidation programs for a while i was a nice. telemarketer yeah it was I, not I nice at, yeah i worked at career builder uh selling their services i worked at a lot of places uh selling services and uh yeah i'm glad that that life is over i, I admire salespeople. it's a very hard job oh it's terrible every single day yeah <laughs> and honestly like you wake up uh, the first of every month so today people are waking up and if they just crushed february nobody cares anymore they're like oh, get man. back to work in march get it done it's such uh, a what have that. you done for me today society right, yeah yeah you know? yeah come on guys we need a little bit more money Let's coming go! in Listen, <laughs> we brought pizza and it's 9 a.m dude well you don't have to do that <laughs> I love that when you stay late and they're like, but we're going to buy pizza. We're yeah, not going to give like, you extra yeah, money. Yeah. yeah it's, it's always the reward. Yeah. Let's have a pizza party. I'm like, yeah, yeah screw you, man. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, guys, just give me more money so I can buy my pizza at home on my own. Um, <laughs> one last home. thing I saw that I love that's gone viral and the audio is not as good as the video. You got to go look. There's a toddler, a little kid. I think she's only like a year old that has a Golden Girls style hairdo that is absolutely going viral for it because it looks adorable and it looks amazing. And she's actually doing like more adult things in some of the videos. It seems like she's doing her own taxes at, at one year in one of them, but she's viral. She's all over the internet. There's probably gonna be merch for her. I don't know how you react to this. 
Okay, I just Googled it, and, and this is this is incredible. This is this is the good part about social media. I yes. mean, we hear so many bad things, but this is why social media was made. This is why Facebook can be a good thing yes. if we utilize our powers for the good of man. And, and that's and this is I, I want more of this kind of stuff. I mean, this right. kid's adorable, and right, and the mom's into it, and the kid's having a blast. At least, like she looks like she's having a blast. She so, does. Yeah, let her enjoy her life. Let her do this thing. And that's I mean, you want to talk about new things for you younger people in Gen Z. I mean, this is this is totally a good thing. I, there you I think go. It's Matt and yeah. I both absolutely agree. Turn the internet into a place where kids have uh, golden girls hairdos and we'll all be happier. Uh, <laughs> I'm so <let's>... gullible. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's uh, no, me too. Let's hit traffic and I'll be back in a bit. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Filling up on the news, Tony Katz of the Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I thought it was interesting. I think it's fortune that put this out there. Uh, we're hitting another speed bump, not a full-on pothole, according to them, in the world of inflation. Uh, the Federal Reserve has a quest of trying to get inflation down to about 2%. Uh, that's not happening. Uh, we were just barely under 3% a year over year uh, last month, uh, according to the Core Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index. Uh, one of the ones they they turn to constantly. Uh, so whether or not they're going to keep hiking or um, you know letting uh, rates stay uh, stagnant is 100% tied to how much they're failing uh, to rein in inflation still. Uh, the funny thing about talking about how great the economy is and whatever it is that Biden is trying to run on with Bidenomics is that they still aren't succeeding in tamping down inflation to a level that we saw before or even uh, saw better than uh, when the other guy was in the White House so I, I think that's interesting that they're they're essentially touting a success that's still at least a, a percentage point away uh, in the world of failure, not succeeding. All right, let's get to Tony Katz. He has been reporting uh, live, uh, well, uh, on tape uh, from Israel. Uh, now, we did this one on the phone, and he's in a, a unique location, so there, there are some little bit of audio uh, issues you'll be able to tell. But nonetheless, uh, Tony's words are very powerful. Uh, here he is with his latest report. Uh, from Israel. I am standing in Raim, guys, right here, right now. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Raim was the site of the music festival where hundreds were massacred by Hamas terrorists. And I am standing right now in that field. And there are people who have come from all over Israel. I think they've come from all over the globe to to pay their respects, to see what has taken place. I'm trying to think of an area in Indianapolis that could well represent this. It is part fields, part grove. Um, the, the roadways are all dirt and, and parking areas. And, and then uh, there, there's the area where the stage was. There's no, I, I don't think Turkey Run Park uh, is, is well applied here. I don't know if the park at Fort Ben uh, works uh, as a way to kind of understand it. It's a pretty large spot. And it is filled not only with Israeli flags, but they started planting trees to honor the dead. And it's just rows and rows 
and rows of hundreds of trees and the names of the people who were murdered and pictures. And I, 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 I will take some photos and I will share them. It's been, been one of the big conversations uh, as I, I just uh, uh, did a tour of a kibbutz, uh, which is uh, uh, where some people live. We want to call it a village, a bit of a commune kind of feel, one called Berry. Uh, and it was the hardest hit kibbutz. Damage I, di I didn't see in any picture. No picture that has ever uh, been shown shows the damage. The RPGs, uh, rocket propelled grenades, fired into homes from five, six, seven, ten feet away. It's, it's massive. Homes that were set on fire because they were trying to burn the people out. Either they would come out so they could get shot and killed or they would die of smoke inhalation. The, the barbarism, we have not begun to understand the level of, of barbarism, and not just from the Hamas terrorists. Uh, there are stories that people came through uh, the border at Gaza, which I'm just a few miles away from right now, um, came through, uh, who, who were not quote-unquote part of Hamas, but uh, absolutely were there to, to do damage and inflicted some of the most radical damage and the most physical abuse on people, as I'm told, from soldiers and, and others uh, in, 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 my, uh, in my travels here. Um, there's been a question, though, about, do you take video? Do you take a picture? Isn't it a little bit ugly uh just moments ago i was at the bus stop where people ran to as the terrorists were paragliding in uh and and trying to be safe it's it's basically a concrete box and you can see the bullet holes where the bullets tore away at the concrete and the people that died in 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 this in this concrete box trying to to get away do you take pictures of that and and for me the the answer is yes because documentation is everything telling this story is everything i didn't come here just to see i came here to share and share the story that people like Congressman Rashida Tlaib and Congressman Andre Carson don't share. And shame on them, anybody who wants to talk about Israel and how dare they without talking about Hamas and how dare they. Everything is better when Hamas is gone. Peace can happen when Hamas is gone. There's no debating. We're done with that. I say let's fight. And for all the trolls and fools who show up on my social media feeds, you are what you are and we are what we are. And what we are, are people recognizing that there is a disaster in our humanity, a disaster. And that disaster is Hamas, funded by Iran. Hezbollah, funded by Iran. The Houthi rebels, funded by Iran. We have a theme here. This is brutality. And it has been, I started my day 6 a.m. local time, so that would have been 11 p.m. for you guys. And it's just been Nonstop, nonstop, one place after another, one horrible story after another, one, oh my gosh, what am I looking at after another? Uh, I, 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 the, the barbarism is more than we have been told. And so sharing this part of it,
uh, um, I am glad I get to do uh, with you. I appreciate it, uh, Craig, giving me a couple minutes on my own show. Um, I've got more reporting going on. We head to the north in a couple of days, but I'll have more for you uh, and on Tony Katz today at noon, and you'll find the videos that we've done at WIBC.com. Uh, Craig, back to you. Incredible reporting for Tony and the picture of all the trees that have been planted for all those who have been lost is uniquely, um, uniquely impactful. A quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100, or excuse me, quick break, a lot more, 93 WIBC, Tony Katz, The Morning News. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. traffic report in uh, real quick don't we i can do it again craig i don't mind i mean sweet uh, that's what carl just told me did we do this i, I don't even know yeah i'm pretty we sure didn't we do it. Did. wait carl yeah, carl yeah. we did it we're good both, yeah, both I, of us I, agreed, I need more though. traffic i'm sorry about that yeah. um, that's, somebody's, it, somebody's paying me that's all i know no, i gotta be i gotta be honest matt uh, carl just got in my ear and said i think we need to do another traffic report and i could have corrected him but i had no idea my all brain I know is immediately I have, forgot two minutes ago i have to do so many reports an hour and after that i'm paid more so uh yeah. who's paying me? you know my favorite part about this stuff too actually is uh i do the weather or at least i used <laughs> to do the weather at a different radio gig i have every day and then i'd go home i think we're we're gonna skip the traffic right here. I'd go home <laughs> and um um I my my wife would ask me, hey yeah, woo. Oh no, wait, stop the break. Um, um I would go home and my wife would ask me, like, what's the weather gonna be? And I, I literally just did it uh at the job before I get home and I'm like, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, you gotta tell me what the weather is. The, these these element things for us, they become our break, man. We start to think of them as the time we have that's off, you know, especially the the commercial break. The commercials are very important. We love all of our sponsors. But for us, that's like the the bathroom break time. Yeah, I I I could describe that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was fun. But no, both Carl and I we we screwed up together there, and we wanted more Matt traffic. We wanted the extended uh, version. I guess I have a couple quick things here before we uh, get out of here. And then I jiggle my brain to make sure it's still working. And I haven't yeah, acquired any sort of Biden problem. Oh, I, I know that was mean. That's I love fun. I love this story. So a woman matches a dude on Tinder. She says he seems like the perfect guy. Like she thinks he's very attractive. She thinks all the things he likes are things she likes. She thinks it's like her ideal match. And so they start chatting. Uh, her name is Kendra, by the way, and she's 29 years old. The guy's name is Josh. I don't know much else about him. And I guess they were talking without ever meeting each other for a while. It, it sounds like it might have been a couple months. And then eventually this guy asked her to pay his electricity bill, which was $376 without meeting, without anything. So Mr. Perfect became a scam artist or somebody, you know, that needs some cash. I don't know. I've never heard that before to go the road of, hey, uh, this has been fun. I can't wait to hang out with you. I, I need some money. No, no. Usually when you're messaging with a match on Tinder, you're sending her something else first. Uh, that's as I understand. <laughs> sure. it, it's, a, it's a little more than, um, well, and, okay, l listen, the guy it starts dating her and he shoots his shot. Will you pay my electric bill? That's that's not chivalry in my book. That's no. not how I do it necessarily. I may offer to buy her dinner, then ask her at dinner if you'll pay my electric bill. <laughs> um, 
No, it's it's Tinder, man. I mean, and yeah. it, and I'm a little confused because when I was on Tinder, I didn't get any matches. All right, which says a lot about me. But but for women, there are so many more guys available to women than vice versa. So it, she picks this guy out, says he's the perfect match. I'd still leave your doors open for a little bit. You know, leave the door open so you can, you sure. know, maybe find somebody else. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I'll tell you one thing. I got a buddy. I, I didn't do Tinder. Uh, my wife and I met and, you know, are married and have been married for years now. So I didn't, I didn't really have the online dating experience, but I got a buddy of mine who says what you say that like, he's on them. He doesn't get any matches. So my favorite thing he does is he just swipes right on everybody. He doesn't read profiles. He doesn't even look at photos. He just, every single one is a yes. And he sees if that maximizes his matches. And he says it does. He goes, he does get more matches. He winds up not interested in all the people he's matching with, but he just wanted people to like him. So he just he just likes everyone, I guess. That's swiping right, I think, yeah, is what he said. Doing that, he's going to end up with the woman with the tail. <laughs> he might, but maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he's looking for a woman with a tail and doesn't know it until he matches with her. But he does do that. And then he's flooded with matches occasionally, uh, which I guess is some sort of placebo effect that makes him feel very happy, even if he doesn't wind up going on many dates. <laughs> I, I I'm not getting a date out of it, but at least uh, somebody likes right. my picture. At least know. I feel like... 300 people like me or something. I can't remember. It's not that many. He's not going to be liked by 300 people. He's my friend. And I feel like it's going to be less than that. Um, that was mean. I'm sorry, buddy. I saw this. I, I can't get over this. Do you know what eggshell parenting is? No, I don't. Eggshell so parenting. It's, it's this thing as described by a psychologist where you set your kid up to be overly concerned about um, you know, something going wrong, walking on eggshells essentially is what it is. You might be nervous about stuff in your own life and you might pass that on to your child, but it, it makes them less capable of handling a mistake or handling some sort of, you know, a bad moment because you've, you've told them to focus so much on trying to prevent them. It's almost like an overprotection thing for kids too, where uh, parents think they're doing a good job, but they're actually creating a very insecure, very worried uh, child uh, where the the reality is you got to let them make mistakes. Kids got to bump into walls to know not to bump into walls, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was a really interesting thing. So basically you're pacifying your child. Do I understand Correct. that right? I mean, you're ba whatever they do is going to be right in some way, shape, or form. I, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, well, yeah, that's, that's not going to be a good learning experience for the child as they grow up, especially when they get closer to the real world. And like you said, you right. have to let the kids make their mistakes. And in some cases, you know, I mean, there was four of us. Um, I, I have two sisters and a brother. And, you know, 75% turned out okay. And it's and I was allowed <laughs> to make my own mistakes, and as right. they were too. But you know, you've yeah. got to let them do the thing, and that's yes. uh, that's important. And that's about all I know about parenting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I broke my arm in second grade, and I'll tell you, I'll never throw more uh, logs into a baby pool uh, again because that definitely was a mistake that I made. You were throwing yeah. logs into a baby pool. Yeah, me and some other kids in the neighborhood were trying to make the biggest splash, and I tried to run with a log heavier than me and throw it into a baby pool, and I broke my arm. Uh, I'm glad there wasn't a baby in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, been, baby pools never have great. babies. It could yeah, have been a lot worse. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh, I'm back um, on Monday for a couple more days next week. Uh, Tony is still in Israel, so we'll hear from him. Uh, we'll hear from everybody on this show. Uh, Matt, Carl, and I hanging out with you. Uh, but take